0: Is America exporting its worst ideas across the Atlantic? Marginalizing protected groups in the name of equity and inclusion is the new normal. And how to break up with the news. Welcome to Fair News Weekly. To read all of the articles discussed in this podcast, please visit this podcast's episode description. Dear friends of FAIR, we are thrilled to announce the newest addition to Team FAIR, Maud Marin. Maud is the new interim executive director and will be at the helm of FAIR's efforts to promote fairness, understanding, and humanity. Maud is a parent, lawyer, advocate, and leader. She previously worked as a criminal defense attorney and as the director of training at the Legal Aid Society in both Manhattan and the Bronx. She taught criminal defense at the Cardozo School of Law from 2003 to 2005, and she ran for New York City Council in 2021 and for Congress in 2022. Maud has been a supporter of FAIR since its inception. She is a founding member of the Board of Advisors and is intimately familiar with our mission and efforts. Maud faced the precise kind of intolerance and racism FAIR stands against in her workplace. On July 23, 2020, she published an op-ed, in the New York Post that questioned the accepted orthodoxies governing education discourse and argued for those with different ideas about how to improve NYC's public schools to listen to each other. She was publicly lambasted by colleagues and management at the Legal Aid Society, a place she had dedicated her professional life to for many years. Her story has been told in full by Fair Advisory Board member Barry Weiss, in an interview with Barry, Maud expressed her concerns around what she views as race essentialist policies being implemented in New York. She has said, I am very open about what I stand for. I am pro-integration. I am pro-diversity. And I also reject the narrative that white parents are to blame for the failures of our school system. I object to the mayor's proposal to get rid of specialized admissions tests to schools like Stuyvesant and I believe that racial essentialism is racist and should not be taught in school. Maude is a fearless advocate for pro-human principles, and Fair couldn't have asked for a better leader to spearhead our work. We're looking forward to working alongside Maude to advocate for one human race, individual civil rights and liberties, and compassionate opposition to racism and intolerance rooted in dignity and in our common humanity. Warmly the team at the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. For FAIR Substack, Faisal Saeed al Mutar wrote about how American divisions are negatively impacting our allies overseas and what we can do to right the ship. al Mutar writes, If we value our reputation as a world superpower, we need to be taken seriously by the rest of the world. In order to be taken seriously, we must effectively counter extremism at home. Two clear actions we can take are to invest in organizations that combat polarization and to promote education for young Americans that gives them a comprehensive view of history and America's place within the global community. We must reject extremism in every form, whether it is wokeism, far-right authoritarianism, or religious fundamentalism. America once represented a beacon of hope and democracy, and it's not too late to return to that. The time to right the ship was years ago, but we've arrived at a critical moment in which we have a choice to make, continue down the path of extremism and watch the American experiment become consigned to the dustbin of history, or to do the hard work of uniting the American people and by default our international allies around principles of freedom, democracy, and decency. For the Daily Beast, fair advisor Yakub Mashagama and former president of the ACLU, Nadine Strossen, wrote about the importance of the First Amendment. They write, While it's true that the First Amendment permits speech that many progressives find abhorrent and discriminatory, that's a feature, not a bug, of robust and principled free speech doctrine. And it's not based on white supremacist or right-wing ideology. Rather, this doctrine is informed by a potent mix of universalist ideas and the lived experience of a nation, including groups and individuals who have felt the oppressive consequences when these ideals have been violated or selectively applied. Thurgood Marshall's illustrious career highlights the mutually reinforcing relationship between free speech principles and the fight for racial justice, Marshall was the legal mastermind of the NAACP's highly successful campaign to transform the First Amendment into a legal shield for the civil rights movement's ability to protest peacefully. For her blog, Unplugged, fair advisor Monica Harris wrote about why women's and lesbian rights are minimized in efforts to promote equality for transgender Americans. She writes, DEI initiatives have essentially equated transgender rights with the rights of women and lesbians, even though their experiences, struggles, and priorities are very different. This piggyback strategy was no doubt intended to foster strength through unity, but it's undermined decades of progress because the transgender struggle is not, and never has been, the same struggle of biological women or lesbians. And herein lies another irony of DEI initiatives. While they purport to recognize the differences and unique challenges that diverse groups face, they often ignore and even trivialize these differences and challenges by conflating them with those of other groups. Equality should never be a zero-sum game. All Americans of every color, sexual orientation, and identity deserve fair and equal treatment. We should be able to make the human rights pie bigger without taking slices from other people. But that's not what's happening now. Increasingly, we're being forced to accept the idea that creating equality for one group might require taking rights from another. For his substack, Democracy and Other Problems. Fair advisor Shadi Hamid wrote about why he's trying to change his relationship to politics and why you should too. Hamid states, "Unless you have a job that requires you to know things, however, it's unclear that news good or bad actually does for you beyond making you aware of things you have no real control over. Most of the things we could know are a distraction from the most important things that we already know: family, faith, friendship, and community." If our time on Earth is finite—on average, we only have about 4,000 weeks—we should choose wisely what to do with it. Family, faith, friendship, and community—the core four. We all sort of intuitively know this to be true. These are the things that matter. These are also the things that make us happy, which is a pretty great combination when you think about it. But it's hard to live this way, even when we know it's the right way to live. I don't exactly have the answer of how to make this real in your own life, or for that matter, in mine. At some level, it's a matter of will. We have the knowledge. We can, I believe, feel it in our hearts, if not necessarily with our minds. For Quillette, Holly Lawford-Smith dissected a lengthy YouTube attack on gender-critical feminists, specifically around the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling podcast. She writes, Gender-critical feminists also are worried about girls responding to societal sexism by choosing an individual response—transition—rather than a collective response—feminism. And we see a conflict of interests between minority groups for minority here read disadvantaged groups regardless of size, whereby some of the demands of one group—trans activists speaking on behalf of trans people in this example—run at cross-purposes to the interests of other minority groups lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, women, and children. Gender-critical feminists want a response to that conflict of interests that takes all minority groups' interests seriously, rather than giving one group whatever it demands on the specious grounds that doing otherwise would negate their basic inclusion of society. The demand for a debate that hears all voices is hardly comparable to a religiously motivated antipathy toward one particular minority group. We want The Fair Substack to be the go-to publication for diverse perspectives on culture and civil rights. Whether you're a seasoned author or an amateur writer with a story that can contribute to our mission of promoting fairness, understanding, and humanity— We would love to receive your stories, opinions, investigations, reviews, interviews, and more. Please send your piece to submissions at fairforall.org. We hope to hear from you. Finally, if you liked this podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a rating and review. Make sure to check out our newsletter and weekly roundup to read more into any of this week's stories or visit the episode description. Donations are always welcome at fairforall.org slash donate.